Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't think I'm ready. Nobody's ever ready. Not for what we do. The home for nerds, geeks, and freaks. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Hello, nurses. This is Wacko from Animaniacs. And you're listening to The Riley and Kimmy Show. You know why? Because you're smart. See you later. And welcome to the Riley and Kimmy Show. I am your host, Patrick Riley. You have found episode 475. And right next to me is my partner in crime, my companion who's going through space and time with me. Kimmy! I got one name! Kimmy! Yes, we made it to 475. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first trip with us, well, strap yourself in. We are the roller coaster ride of Nerdum. That's right. We are the escapism place. Uh, to get away from the big bad world. We talk about comic books, pop culture, all kinds of geek and nerd things. It's okay to be a little bit uh, different here with the Riley and Kimmy show. And we have the queen of different. That is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. How are you and your nerdum today? I'm doing great. That's good to hear. And you know what day it is? The day we upload for 75? It's New Comic Book Day. That's right. New Comic Book Day. And talking about comic books is one of the things we like to do here at the Riley and Kimmy Show. As you know, I'm quite keen on comic books, especially the ones about superheroes. And I'm not that particular, actually. It's uh, all kinds, including, uh, you know, horror comic books, especially the uh, Bronze Age, Modern Age of those with uh, Marvel Comics. Love the horror of that era. You know, the Werewolf by Night, the Tomb of Dracula, uh, Frankenstein Monster that they did. And, of course, Dracula Lives. And it's a great pleasure to talk to an artist recently, oh, a couple of episodes ago, who actually was really into that stuff. Still is. He knew Dracula Lives. And when I encounter somebody who knows Dracula Lives, they are a relative of mine. That's right. They are definitely somebody who is connected to me in some way, shape, or form. And that artist was Sean Surface. He knew, and by the way, we tried to stump him on a uh, character to sketch. Uh, It was impossible. He knew exactly Morbius, the living vampire. So if you would like to uh, talk to somebody like I did, it's really easy to do so. You can talk to Mr. Horror comic book expert and that is sean surface matter of fact he's not just limited to the world of horror and marvel he is in all universes dc and independent as well and sean is going to be making an appearance real soon in central florida if you happen to be in the orlando area perhaps on a vacation uh maybe hey Maybe it's a business trip. This gives you a reason just to get away from the business trip for just a little bit. Uh, On a Saturday coming up, May 2nd, and it is in Seminole County. Actually, the Seminole Town Mall. And that is Smash Comics and Games in Sanford, Florida. Kimmy has some details about Free Comic Book Day, where Sean Surface will be, and many other talented individuals. What's going on there? Oh, there's going to be so many cool people there. Uh, for instance, George Perez will be there, and uh, John Beatty, Alex Saviak, 
Nathan Zerdy, Monica and Graven Ravenwolf, Sean Surface, Josh Dykstra, Chris Butler, Belly Dancing by Phoenicia and her troupe, and Phantasmagoria. Oh, my They'll goodness. all be there. Wow. Wide range of entertainment right there. Mm-hmm. They'll also be cosplayers and, of course, free comics. And one thing uh, we have to stress is the artists will have prints available. Some will be doing commissions. Some will be uh, sketching right on the spot, I believe. I don't want to be speaking on his behalf. I believe George will be uh, sketching as well, and it's an opportunity to catch a, a piece of art to decorate your home or give us a gift from the master artist, the living legend, and he is, and he is one of the nicest human beings you could ever meet. And that is George Perez. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Alex, by the way, who Kimmy mentioned, well known for many things, but one thing he is well known for is his Spider-Man. Uh, he does Spider-Man still in the comic strip. Works with Stan Lee and Stan Lee's brother with that. And I know uh, I have a friend who is like one of the biggest Spider-Man fans I know on planet Earth. His name is Earl, Mr. Deland, as we refer to him. Who, by the way, I think would make a perfect kingpin cosplayer. Mm. Don't you think he would make a nice Wilson Fisk? Hmm. I think he would. Especially, I believe it's episode four or five. All I have to say is the Escalade, Cadillac Escalade scene in the parking lot. I can see Earl pulling that one off. I just don't want to be helping him in reenact that scene. Mm. I can I can find some volunteers. Anyhow. Uh, Earl loves Spider-Man, and he loves Alex, and he he has you know uh, decorated his walls with work of Alex and Spider-Man, and this is a great opportunity for somebody you know who loves Spider-Man to get some art that is just I mean it's gorgeous. All the artists have specialties of their own uh, that's worth checking out, and I know you'll find a gift for somebody, graduation gift, perhaps a Mother's Day gift or birthday gift, or just plain uh, gift for yourself. Uh, just some great stuff. It's going to be hard for me to choose uh, what is going to go to my bat cave. Mm-hmm. I do have some ideas, but it'll be hard for me to choose. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have to go by uh, the Raven Wolves because Graven, if you love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you will have found a brother with Graven. His turtle work, and, and all his stuff is great, but his turtle work is just so much love. To that, and it's worth checking out. And hey, just go up to his uh, table and say, "Hey, this uh, uh, these uh, characters, uh, Rayleigh and Kimmy Show, told me uh, you you get the turtles and some other stuff, and you love Monica, his wife's his muse's uh, material, uh, and you've you've picked up quite a bit mm-hmm. of her art in the past as oh, yes. well. So something to check out is Free Comic Book Day. We uh, talked off recording. Before 475 with the co-owner of Smash Comics and Games. That's David Corporone, the commissioner, as he's called. And he is doing quite well, I have to report. He and I went out and about on an adventure. Yes, they had him turned loose. And uh, he's doing quite well. And he is, uh, he's had some medical issues, but he is bouncing back. And he will be up to speed for free comic book day. And I can speak on his behalf. He wants to see you. That's right. If you are a, a frequent individual that goes to uh, Smash Comics and Games, he wants to see you. He misses you. And Mm this will be an opportunity to say hi to David. Now, if you've never met David before, this is a great opportunity. Uh, He is a comic book nerd's nerd, uh, pop culture nerd's nerd, uh, just uh, all-around nice guy. He is nothing like the comic book guy on The Simpsons. 
I guarantee you that. Even in his worst, crankiest day, he is not like <laughs> he is not like the comic book guy on The Simpsons. He's uh, he's actually very nice to uh, get along with, and he can talk about all types of comic book stuff and uh, anything pop culture, and it, it will be fun. And by the way, free comic book day at Smash Comics and Games is family friendly. It's an event that starts at ten o'clock in the morning. That's when the doors open. You will want to be there. Uh, early if you can uh, because a line does start and I'm last year I'll give you an example it was raining there was a massive downpour in 2014 and there was a line to get in mm-hmm. and you know there there is a line I'm not trying to scare you away with that because it goes on all day now this is an event you can come in early and then come back for the dancing the dancing by Phoenicia and her troop will be about six o'clock I believe the uh, Phantasmagoria Fantastic Troop and their performance, steampunk-oriented, I must stress. Very, very beautiful work that they do. Uh, I believe that's at a different time. It's not at 6. It'll be earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. So it's there's something all day long for everybody. And being out in a mall, you have an opportunity just to leave for a little bit and come on back. There's plenty of good places to eat in the mall or around the mall as well. So make sure to tell your friends about Free Comic Book Day. And where is that at, Kimmy? That is in Sanford, Florida, at the Seminole Town Mall. At Smash Comics and Games. Being a Wednesday when we upload this, Kimmy, it's also a Way Back Wednesday. I guess you're wondering about this contraption. Well, what is it? Well, actually, it's a time machine. I call it a Way Back. We just set it, turn it on, open the door... And there we are, or were, really. Are you ready to go back in time, Kimmy? Yes. We are going to go back in time in the world of comic books, superheroes, and also crime adventure. Another challenge for the Green Hornet. His aide, Cato, and their rolling arsenal, the Black Beauty. On police records, a wanted criminal. His dual identity, known only to his secretary and to the district attorney. And now, to protect the rights and lives of decent citizens, rides the Green Hornet. Oh, Kimmy! We're going to go further back than that. Do you know what year that's from, by the way? 66? You got it right. That's from the Batman series where it was a spinoff. Didn't last more than one season, unfortunately. Uh, it was a little opposite of what Batman was all about. Batman was, you know, a spoof. This was played serious, and I love it, actually, maybe a little more than the Batman, even though I'm a big Bat- Batman freak. Um, the show just didn't have its its chance. We didn't get to see it as kids growing up because it didn't make syndication because it only had like 26, 27, I believe it was 26 episodes. Um, it's great to check out, especially if you're a fan of Bruce Lee because he plays Kato in it. Uh and it was more to it was more traditional in the storylines of the Green Hornet, which that generation, the younger generation that was watching it at the time, had no clue really what the Green Hornet was. Even though the Green Hornet was big, Kimmy, decades before, and that's where we're going to go back. We're going to go back even further in time than the 1966 adventure. Radio This is the time we go back in time to uh, the old time radio, the golden age of radio, OTR as it's called, and the Green Hornet was a big American radio adventure series. It debuted, can you give me a, a time period, Kimmy? What year did 
the Green Hornet make its debut on radio. That was its first uh, media outlet. It did not. It wasn't one that went from comic strips, comic books to uh, radio. It was created specifically for radio, and then would eventually spin off to other things. Nineteen thirty-four. You're close. Nineteen thirty-six was when the Green Hornet was introduced as a masked vigilante. Now the series originated on January thirty-first, nineteen thirty-six, on WXYZ radio station. In Detroit, Michigan. Now, it was the same local radio station that originated its companion show. What show is the Green Hornet related to? I don't know. Oh, you've not paid attention to me when we've talked about this before. It is related to the Lone Ranger. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now, the Green Hornet was one of radio's best known and most distinctive juvenile adventure shows. The series detailed the adventures of who? Can you tell me? You've watched all the TV series with me because we have cosplayed as the Green Hornet. Matter of fact, Kimmy does like the movie version that came out in the uh, 2000s of Green Hornet. Can you tell me the name of the Green Hornet? Mm, it's escaping me. Britt Reed, debonair okay. newspaper publisher by day and crime-fighting masked hero at night. With his faithful valet, who is his sidekick? Kimmy, you've cosplayed as this character. Cato. That's right. Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life so that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. In 1935, George W. Trendle, the WXYZ co-owner and managing partner who had spearheaded the development of the Lone Ranger, which was a huge success, sought to bring on air a similar series. With writer Fran Stryker and director James Jewell, Trendle sought to create a series. Now get this. This is 1930s. A series that would show that a political system could be riddled with corruption and that one man could successfully combat this white-collar lawlessness. That's kind of way out there when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Liking the acoustic possibilities of a B sound, Trendle directed it to be incorporated into the show. The team experimented with the names, and actually the movie that Kimmy loves from the 2000s does play around with all the names what they were going to call the character. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they wanted to call it something B this and Hornet that and all that. and That actually played out in when they were creating the show. Now, the vigilante's nature of a hero quickly resulted in the Green Hornet being declared as an outlaw himself. Now, that's the shtick. Batman, you know, is, well, depending on what versions, but let's just go like 1966 version. You know, Batman is uh, helping Commissioner Gordon. He's part of the, uh, you know, the, the, the good guys. The Green Hornet was always played to the fact that uh, he was one of the bad guys. As a matter of fact, the baddest of the baddest. He you know, moved his way up the ranks of the underworld, and that's how he infiltrated it. But in truth, he was turning people in and you know, busting up racketeers and things like that. And there was only one individual, depending on what version of the Hornet it is, that actually knew you know, that he was working for the law. And I believe in the TV version, which you might be familiar with, it was the district attorney that knew. They didn't use the Commissioner Gordon type thing or anything like that. Now, the cool thing about the character is being tied to the Lone Ranger. One, you know, it's relatively a minor aspect and really got limited exposure, but still is part of legend, is that the Lone Ranger and the Green Hornet are related. The Lone Ranger's nephew was Dan Reed. Now, in the Green Hornet radio shows, the Hornet's father was likewise named Dan Reed, making Britt Reed the Lone Ranger's grand nephew. 
a rare radio recording, which I do not have in the collection, from November 11th, 1947. It's called Too Hot to Handle on the Green Hornet. Britt Reed tells his father that he, Britt, is the Green Hornet. After Dan's initial shock and anger, Dan reveals to a vigilante pioneer ancestor of theirs that Dan himself had ridden alongside in Texas. As he expressed pride and love for his son, the Lone Ranger theme briefly plays in the background. So they do tie officially the two together, and it's been tied into other things as well. Great legends, great history, great heroes that are tied together, and this is family fun entertainment. As we go back in time to May 30th, 1939, the Green Hornet with the episode called Words and Music on the Riley and Kimmy Show. The events and characters depicted in this drama are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Let successful radio, talking, and recording artists show you the glamorous road to fame and fortune. Write the words and music for a song hit. Let the three J's, Joe, Jack, and Jim, do the rest. We publish and distribute. We guarantee to put your song in the hands of leading movie producers, orchestras, and radio stations. Get out of the rut. Write a song. How's that sound for an ad? Joe, you ought to quit music publishing and go in for ad writing. That'll get them. Sounds good, Joe. But you ought to have something about uh, send for our free booklet and full details. Oh, I got that here. Right down at the bottom. Now, the idea is that we'll run this in all the cheap magazines with a blank to be sent in. We've fiddled around with this racket long enough. Now it's time to branch out. That's the idea. Get into a nationwide business. Hold on, Jack. Hmm? Maybe we should get a lawyer to look things over. We'll be using the mails, you know. I talk to the lawyer, Jim. We aren't breaking any laws. What about that line, submitting songs to radio stations, dance bands, and all that? We will. We'll submit them. If they toss them in the wastebasket, that's not our worry. Okay. Another thing the lawyer said. What's that? We ought to protect each other. I got some contracts here, see? Contracts for what? We all sign them. It's a partnership agreement, so we don't break up. Break up? Yeah. Suppose one of us lands a job with a radio sponsor or something. None of us could. You know that, Jake. We worked as a harmony trio. We're washed up as far as that stuff goes. Maybe your pipes were never good for solo stuff, but Jim can do a good tenor. Oh, not me. I'm with a publishing racket. There's big dough in it. And we don't have to worry about commercial contracts running out. Just the same. We should have an agreement. If one of us pulls out or dies, the other two get his share of the work. That's fair enough, Jack. Sounds all right to me. I thought it'd be okay with you two. If we're going into big business, we might as well be organized right. And what about this ad? Is it okay with you two to go ahead and run it? Sure. The sooner we get started, the sooner the door will begin rolling in. The advertising for the three J's was widely circulated throughout the country. And a few weeks later, cash came pouring into the publisher's office with every mail delivery. Hundreds of hopeful young people awaited the verdict of the racketeer trio, just as Waldo Fielding did. Any mail for me today, Mother? Uh, yes, Waldo. There's a letter from that song publisher. Where is it? Gee, I can hardly wait to hear what they say about my poem. Wouldn't it be swell if they put music to it and publish? Uh, there's the letter, Waldo. Gosh. If I could just get the start. Well, look at what some people make out of songs. I heard that sometimes a guy makes as much as... More. What is it, Walter? They'll accept my poem. They will? Yeah, they like it. 
They'll have one of their best men write the tune, and then they'll publish it and see that it goes to all the radio stations and the movie studios and the dance bands. Oh, boy, I knew I could do it. But, Waldo, won't they expect a lot of money for doing all that? Oh, no. They say here that they'll take the chance on royalties. If I don't make anything, they won't make anything either. All I have to do is pay for the copyright and the printing cost and mailing. But how much is that? Well, I, I suppose it'll seem a, seem like a lot to you, Mom. It's about $50. $50? But that's not much, really. Why, I'll bet a lawyer would charge almost that much just to get the copyright for me. And it might bring me in as much as half a million dollars. But, Waldo, $50, we haven't got that well, I'll get it. I'll sell my camera, and I can get something for my banjo. The chances are that Steve will pay a little for my shotgun. I'll get the money. Don't you worry about it, Ma. You just wait. I'll be rich one of these days. I'm going to start on another song poem right away. Several more weeks elapsed. Joe, Jack, and Jim found a veritable gold mine in their venture. They expanded in their advertising, moved into larger offices. And then one day... Hey, Joe. Jack. Yeah, Jim? The better business people have been checking up. So what? They don't like our way of doing business. Oh, they don't, huh? Well, isn't that too bad? What are they going to do about it? They'll probably publish some warnings about us. Ah, the suckers that send lyrics and tunes to us won't listen to warnings. They're so convinced that their stuff is good, they'll believe whatever they want to believe. That's the psychology of this business. Well, just passing on what that bird from the business bureau told me. He claims we're running a racket. It isn't a racket at all. We take a certain fee for publishing a song, agree to secure copyright, furnish a tune, a lyric, whichever is required, and have a certain number of copies printed and distributed. And we do all those things. Certainly. We fulfill our part of the contract to the letter. There isn't a law in the country that can touch us. But it won't do us any good to have newspaper ads calling attention to our way of doing business. Well, we can't stop it, can we? Well, I thought if it was agreeable to you two, I'd uh, make a few promises to stall things off for a while. We're really just getting a foothold. An ad in a paper in one city isn't going to hurt us much. Our business is nationwide. Let them advertise. Can't hurt us. Okay, Jack, it's up to you. And Joe? I agree with Jack. Now, uh, what about the tunes for this batch of stuff that came in today? You got it all sorted according to meter, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, then let's have it. I'll wrap out a few little jingles and give them some music. Seems to me it's kind of risky using the same tune for half a dozen different songs. Nah, the stuff never amounts to anything. Nobody will ever hear it. What's the difference? I can't think of 150 new tunes every day. You keep the stuff pretty well scattered, though, don't you, Jim? Sure. For example, I'll use that tune, Moonlight Love, on the poem of a guy in New York, one in St. Louis, maybe one in Omaha, one on the West Coast. That saved me writing four different tunes, see? It'd be kind of tough if the fellas ever got together and found they had the same tune. Fat chance for that. Well, what would happen if one of the songs became a hit? A hit? <laughs> That's a good one, Joe. How can any of this stuff ever be a hit? We'll see to it that it isn't. I... I wanted to speak to you. We're in conference. What do you want here? My name is Fielding. Waldo Fielding. I sent you a song a few weeks ago. Remember the name? Uh, sorry, Feeling. We're in conference now. We can't be disturbed. I've been trying for four days to see you. I spent all my money. What do you want to see us about, kid? My song. Did you get your copies of it? Uh, yes, sir, but I wondered if there hadn't been some sales made. Mm. Where are you from? Simmons Corners. Well, what are you doing here in the big city? Well, I, I thought my song would be selling, so I came here. I, I thought I might be able to do better if I was working closer with you. You see the girl in the outer office and ask her to check up on the sales of your song. 
But I doubt if it's had any sales yet. You know, it takes time to put the new things over. Well, I... I, I thought I might make a personal appearance with an orchestra or something. <laughs> well, we'll send for you when we want you for that, kid. I... I did speak to the girl. What'd she tell you? She said that there hadn't been any sales yet. Well, that's the answer, then. Why don't you go back to Simmons Corners or wherever your home is and stay there till we send for you? Well, I... Look, there must be some sales. If you sent that song out to all the people you claim you did, I... I haven't eaten in two days. I... I gotta have some money. Well, what do you want us to do? Dish it out of our pockets? We're running a publishing house, not a traveler's aid. Yes, sir. We sent you 50 copies of the song. Why don't you go out in the street corner and try to peddle them or something? That's one way to drum up business. Yes, sir. You want to buy a song? Say, mister, do you want to buy a copy of my song? <laughs> not today. Buy a copy of my song, lady. Get out of my way, please. Look, mister, do you, you want to take a copy of the newest song you hit home? Hey, you. What are you doing there blocking the traffic? Oh, officer, I, I didn't mean anything. What's this you're trying to peddle? Music? It, yes, sir. I'm trying to sell a song. Maybe you'd better find out something about the laws of this town. You can't stand on street corners interfering with pedestrians peddling music. Got a license? License? No, sir, I haven't. Uh, you'd better come down to the station house with me, I guess. No. No, please. I didn't know. Come on, kid. You can't get away with this sort of thing. <sighs> hey, suffering catfish, the kid's passed out. What have you got there, Doyle? Lowry, why is it that you're every place I am? I learned when I first started in as reporter for the Sentinel, Doyle, that if I keep close enough to you, I see things happen. Yeah, what's the matter with the kid? You crown him with your nightstick? No. I just started to take him in for peddling music on the street, and he passed out cold on me. Mm, the kid looks half-starved. Oh, he does at that. How long is it since he's eaten? I don't know. Here, Lowry, stay with him till I call the wagon. Yeah, maybe I'll get a story here. This looks like human interest stuff. Ed Lowry, the star reporter of the Daily Sentinel, came into the office of the young publisher, Britt Reed, a couple of hours later. Miss Case, Reed's secretary, said... Mr. Reed's not in now, Lowry. But I gotta see him about a special story. He's still out. Where? How the dickens do I know where he goes? I'm the last one he tells. It's discouraging. Discouraging? Hey, now listen, Casey. Don't get ideas that the boss is interested in you. He travels with the 400. Don't be idiotic. As far as Britt Reed is concerned, you're just part of the office furniture. But I do wish he'd settled down long enough so I could write to his father with some feeling of confidence. Now, what's the trouble? Oh, just as soon as I write Mr. Reed and tell him that Britt's taking an interest in the Daily Sentinel, he, he disappears. <laughs> Lady, if I had his dough, I'd never come to the office. During the past week, he's been out to some affair almost every night. He's bored with the office again. Well, he'll get his fill of nightlife and then settle down again. Yes, until he gets his fill of the newspaper business again. Oh, here he is. Say, boss, I ran into Doyle, the big cop, today. Oh, yes? And he had a kid in tow. The kid had passed out from hunger. But when Doyle spotted him first, he was trying to peddle a song he'd written. A song? And it ties right in with the racket we've been working on. Uh, what racket was that, Larry? Music publishing. You know, those wildcat publishers that call themselves Joe, Jack, and Jim, the three J's? Who are they? Uh, a broken-down vocal trio that hit a good racket. I got a first-hand story from one of the victims of the racket. The poor kid got just enough encouragement from them to quit his job and leave home. Here, here's the song he wrote. I brought a copy for you. I'll leave it with Miss Case. I'll take it with me when I go home. 
But what about my story? I got pictures of the kid. Well, speak to the city editor about it. He's paid to handle that sort of thing. But maybe there's editorial meat in it. Gunnigan's the best judge for that. Oh, hang it all. What's the matter, Larry? Well, look here, boss. Take I it don't... to Gunnigan, Larry. Okay, okay. I'll take it to Gunnigan. There's the words and music. Mr. Reed. Yes, Miss Case? I'm going to stick my neck out again. Isn't there something we can do to make the office more attractive for you? Oh, no, it's uh, quite all right, Miss Case. Then why can't... <laughs> why won't you... Oh, I understand, Miss Case. You're concerned again because I'm uh, spending too little time around here. Frankly, I am, Mr. Reed. I hate to keep writing your father that you... Ah, I'm sorry. But you'll have to admit that newspaper work hasn't a great deal of adventure. It might have. Oh, yes, Miss Case, it might have. There was plenty of excitement while the Green Hornet was so active. Mm-hmm. It was, wasn't there? I wonder if the Hornet has been killed. Killed? Why, Miss Case? We haven't had a story about a Hornet adventure in quite a while. That's true. He may have been killed or he may have, well, retired. Mm, I doubt if the Green Hornet would retire, Miss Case. Well, perhaps then the police and public have been so greatly aroused that the Hornet doesn't risk making another appearance. That's quite possible. I never saw you more interested in the newspaper than while the Green Hornet was running wild. Well, you must admit the Green Hornet furnished news. He certainly did. Mr. Reed, there's just as much excitement in everyday life if you could only realize it. For example? For example, that lad that Lowry tried to tell you about. Waldo Fielding. But there's human interest. Poor chap that falls for racketeers, quits his job in the little home community, comes to the big city, goes hungry, is misled and victimized by these fake music publishers. Isn't there something the law can do about publishers of that sort? If there were, the law would be doing it. But they stay inside the law, Mr. Reed. According to Lowry, they have a contract, and they fulfill the terms of the contract. So the law is helpless. I've heard about the racket, Miss Case. Aren't you going into your office? No, I think I'll leave for the day. It's after four. But, Mr. I'll Reed... I'll take along with me just to satisfy Lauren. Very well. Come by tomorrow. You will stop in then tomorrow. Oh, yes, I'll probably stop in. The Green Hornet would only start up again, and perhaps Britt Reed would become interested in the publication of news. <laughs> Curtain falls on the first act of our Green Hornet adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. To continue our story, Britt Reed went directly from his office to his apartment. He was uneasy and restless, and only Cato, his faithful valet, realized the real cause of the uneasiness. You're right, Cato. I do feel handcuffed, hampered, tied down. If there's only some way the Hornet could get at this music publishing racket, I'd go out. But there is, Mr. Britt. A risk be confounded. There's a risk in anything, Cato. Yes, Mr. Britt. I can't find any way it can be broken up. Not even if we do use the role of the Green Hornet to get at them. Is it big? It's nationwide. Those three crooks, Joe, Jack, and Jim, have thousands of people all over the country sending money to them. Money that won't bring a thing except false encouragement and heartbreak. Yes, sir. Yeah, look at tonight's Sentinel. Look at that warning from the Better Business Barrel. They wanted to buy a few inches. I gave them a quarter of a page. But do you think that'll stop people from being made victims? Not on your life. I even ran one of the songs, a typical song, copyrighted and published by Joe, Jack, and Jim. 
to show the stuff they called good. Cato, I haven't it just occurred to me. What is it? I have an idea, Cato. Life's going to be exciting after all. This may be the entering wedge. Maybe this is what the Green Hornet's been waiting for. Yeah, and for the business bureau, Cato. It shows a typical song published by that firm of Joe, Jack, and Jim. Yes, Mr. And the music for this is the same tune that was used by that young chap Lowry brought in a story about. It is. It definitely is. I don't know a great deal about music, but I do know that much. Did I have an engagement for tonight? Very poor, Mr. Bates. Cancel it, then. We're going to make other plans. Where are they? This may give me the lead I need to smash that publishing firm. Joe, Jack, and Jim. Well, we'll see if they're staying within the law. Well, what can you do? Do? Go to the office. I want to look around there for a while. And if my suspicions are correct, we'll hold a meeting of the firm. The firm? Joe, Jack, and Jim. Come on. We're taking out the Black Beauty. Britt Reed went through a secret panel in the rear of his clothes press. And then by means of a passage between the walls of the apartment building, he reached a small door that opened into the loft of an old, supposedly abandoned livery stable. It was here, unknown to everyone, that the sleek black car of the Green Hornet was housed. Is the car ready, Cato? Yes, sir. All right. Get in. Mask? Here, in compartment. Gas weapon? Here. Good enough. I want to telephone Joe, Jack, and Jim, but I can do that from their own office later on this evening. Yes, sir. Now, let's get going. Hiding the mask, the Green Hornet approached the entrance of the office building where a man stood smoking a pipe. Offices are all closed now, mister. I, uh... I don't want to hurt you. <coughs> what have you done, Hornet? That'll hold you for an hour. If I need more time, I'll give you some more gas. Dragging the unconscious form of the watchman inside the building... The Green Hornet left him in a corner, then ran the elevator to the 10th floor. Half an hour later, the three Jays had a phone call at their apartment. I suppose that's just another one of these would-be writers calling for information on his song hit. Answer, Jack. Hello? I wish we'd given that feeling kid little dough. Oh, stop harping about him, Jim. Yeah. Passing out in the street like he did. Hunger. That won't do us any good. Well, it won't hurt us any. Yeah? For the love of Pete, forget him. He just won. Yeah. He should have come to the city in the first place. Maybe you're right, Joe. That'll be swell. Who's he got on the phone? I don't know. Looks as if it's something pretty good. Yes, sir. Right away. Hey, 
Fellas, we're set to really go places. Who is that? A publisher. Publisher? Magazine publisher. One of those cheap picture mags. He's in town for the evening and wants to talk to us about running a picture story of our business. Yeah? Hey, that would be swell publicity. Wouldn't that, though? That'll offset what the Sentinel the has done. Won't offset it. It's a national magazine. When do you see him? Right away. He asked if I couldn't meet him in our office tonight. Tonight? Yeah, and let him see what sort of picture story could be run. Good, we'll go with you. Yeah, come on, let's start. This is the break of a lifetime. <laughs> Joe, Jack, and Jim rushed in a cab to their office building and found the front door open. Watchman must be on the first floor. Yeah, that'll save us waiting for the elevator. Hey, Larry! Where are you? He isn't on the first floor. The elevator's just coming down now. Shouldn't leave the front door open like that. Don't worry about it. Well, Larry, you're covered. What in blatant mass? The Green Hornet. One of you can run this elevator. Get in there or I'll fold you up where the night watchman is. You killed him. Murder. Get aboard. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. What are you after? Up to your office. Get going now. The tenth floor, you know. Stop waving that gun around. I'll stop letting you have it at the first sign of any rough stuff. I'll shoot. Take it. Go. Jim. <laughs> Let that warn you two. Shot him in cold blood. Yeah. How do you like it? Leave him right where he is. You open that door and get to your office. What are you going to do? You'll find us. Step along there. There's a light there. I left it. You needn't think about the magazine publisher because I was the one who phoned you. I took the liberty of using your own telephone. I, I have keys. You won't need them. I've unlocked the door and everything else that needs unlocking. Now what? Sit down in there. What's all this stuff? Your so-called song hit. Yeah, I, I see. A couple of them have possibilities, haven't they, Jack? Why, sure, sure they have. Suppose the Green Hornet were to steal one of them. Not just suppose there would be a lot of publicity about the Green Hornet shooting two men, maybe more, to get possession of one specific song. What would happen to the sale of that song? See, hey, that's right. It would become the hit of the week. Every band would use it, every radio station would be featuring it on a song and bring thousands and thousands of dollars in royalties. Maybe we can make a deal. Before I finish talking to you, crooks, you won't want that sort of thing to happen. What? Why not? Look here, Hornet. You're tower going to be broke. You're going to be smashed to a finish. Broke? Smashed? I've already addressed a few envelopes, and I'll see that the rest are addressed. There they are. Take a look at them. I I don't understand. You will. Take a look at those three sheets of music I've laid out for you. What about her? Who wrote that music? We, we did. We're, what of it? And who secured copyrights? We did. See, Every one of these songs can be made into a hit tune with the right promotion. I think I can see that it gets that promotion. I've already explained how. Well, a hit is what... We can't afford a hit. Suppose, for example, this number becomes a hit. What do you suppose the authors of these other songs with the same music would do? They'd sue, wouldn't they? Yeah, they'd probably sue. There were probably a dozen other poets who've been given the same melody for their song. They'd all start lawsuits. You two'd be dragged through every court in the country. Your whole racketeering business would be laid out in the open. Can you stand having a sensational song hit? I I don't know. No, you can't. That's why I came here. it was a mistake. Uh, that's it. It was a mistake. A mistake? Uh, the printers made a mistake. They got the words and music. I made truth, Sam. I could go through your files and show you plenty of the same sort of mistakes. Sit down at that desk. What do you want? Money. Lots of money. There's your checkbook. I have to notice your bank balance there. You can write a lot of checks. Checks? I said checks. For who? Make out the first to Harvey Dale. D-A-L-E. According to your records, he's paid in $150. That's the amount you'll send him. And who else? Start writing. I'll do it. Oh, no, we'll have Jack do it. He's the one whose signature makes those checks worth something. 
Come on now, start riding. Now you see here. Right. How far are you going? As far as your bank balance will allow. There's 200 to go to Mrs. Hackney, 100 to each of the people on this list, 75 to these people. And there's a list of those who'll get $50 each. I'll be broke. I can't afford you all that. You can't afford I... not to pay up. You'll afford it a whole lot better than these people contributed to your success. And there's, there's another thing, Jack. Robin Steele. Shut up. They said there was another thing. We may have to overdraw your bank account considerably. I can't. You better convert some of the bonds you hold to cover the checks you make out tonight. I can't. Why do you have I... to trade in some life insurance? If you don't cover those checks, you'll mighty soon find yourself not only in court... But eventually in jail. What would a jury made of people who read all about your racket in the magazines and newspapers give you? Take your choice, Rat. Go broke and stay free, or go broke and go to jail. And make out checks until you get the writer's cramp. And see that those checks clear the bank. <laughs> First one threat, then another. The Green Hornet can tell the publisher to make out checks to refund money. And then... That's as far as your cash will go. I'll see to it that these envelopes are mailed. You can't get away with it. No? Well, let me explain that I can still make one of your songs a hit. The song that Jim gave his life to keep from the Green Hornet. A song that has some hidden significance to the Green Hornet. One small bit of the song torn and found in the clenched fist of the latest victim of the Hornet's weapon. Jim, I'm taking them with me. I know whether or not those checks go to the bank. If they don't, Jim will be found with this emblem plastered to his forehead. The mark of the Green Hornet. And this part of this song clenched in his fist. Wait, wait. If we don't stop payment, if those checks go through... Then you have nothing but poverty to worry you. And don't try another racket like this one. The Green Hornet can make one of your songs a hit at any time. Only the next time, it might be one of you who furnishes the clenched fist. Leaving the two racketeers in their office, the Hornet took the elevator to the first floor, dragged the still unconscious man to the rear door of the building, and put him into the car. That'll do, Cato. What do we do with him? We'll have to keep him undercover and at least checks clear the bank. And then, Cato, we can let him go. Laurie, Ed Laurie, have you heard the news? Which news? That feeling kid got a reef one from Joe, Jack, and Jim. That's news. Yes, and the mark of the Green Hornet was on the letter that went with it. Yeah, that's a page one story. The Hornet has stepped out again. I wish I had all the details. But that's not the biggest thing. Mr. Reed was in bright and early this morning. He's a newspaper man again. He's been working like a Trojan all day, trying to run down some leads on the Hornet from what information he gathered. He is? Yeah, but it won't last. I'm certain that he'll lose interest again if the Green Hornet goes back into seclusion. But what if the Green Hornet was to be captured? I'm afraid Britt Reed would lose interest in the Sentinel in that case, too.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.